The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass at Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Yeah, don't you love all that new announcer Boy, sound that, that we that, have now that we've moved over to AM fifteen ninety. That announce, announcer was into it. Yes, happy to be on fifteen ninety. The answer, <laughs> <laughs> broadcasting here on a beautiful Saturday. Yeah, so, gotta love it. Yeah, gotta love it. Yeah. Getting excited. Summer's coming. It's right around the corner. We got all kinds of fun spring weather that's been going on. It's good. Good time of year here. I'm yeah. so glad this time of year where it's finally daylight early. And daylight later, so it's not dark when I go into work and okay, dark I'm, when I come home from I, work. I'm not with you because I get up at 5 a.m., so when the time changed well, this time, well, <laughs> it was like, I, I was just getting light. I'm a banker. We don't like to get up until, you know, the sun's out and the butter's soft, that sort of thing. That sounds yeah. like from when you were in England. I'm just And the kidding. butter's soft? Right, right. You know, warms up. Yeah. No, yeah. I yeah. I get the reference, but yeah. <laughs> how many people let their butter sit out anymore? I don't think most people do. But uh, anyway, okay, that's a fascinating way to start the show. But, uh, you know, you were missing last week. I was. You were I was on a vacation. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and yes. good for you. Or you were just getting back from your large right, trek. Right, right. Yes. 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 It's been a, you were, been you a, were kind of globetrotting almost, although you kept it all in the U.S., right? I pretty much, yes. Yeah, started uh, my trip in Hawaii. Took a stop in Montana for some skiing up at... Uh, at uh, oh, you White were in Fish, Montana, Whitefish, Montana. Oh gosh, I thought you went up to like Whistler. Okay, mm-hmm. and finished it up in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, for Bike Week, which is a very interesting group of humanity. To I put it lightly. Yes, I'll bet. It's sort of like uh, it's sort of like Sturgis Mini, you know, well, not even yeah. really Mini, probably one hundred fifty. Probably Sturgis 000. with a lot less clothes. Right, because well, Sturgis is already pretty risque. Right but there, it's warmer. Right, and it's Florida, and we all know that. <laughs> In Florida, they're crazy. Yeah, there are some crazy people in Florida. Well, then you fit so, right in. Yeah, worked out, worked out okay, good. Okay, good. Got to, got to meet up uh, some, uh, one of my, uh, my brothers got a good friend that lives out there in Christmas, Florida, which is sort of in the middle of the state. There's a place called Christmas? In the swamps. He has a hunting cabin and uh, uh-huh. uh, affectionately known as Detox Mansion. And uh, this thing was in the middle of nowhere wonderful. on about a 7,200-acre <laughs> oh, preserve. No. Uh, nothing but us and the, the pigs and the turkeys, I think, out there. But <laughs> pretty interesting. Got, uh-huh. got, I, got a, I got a view of, like, beach Florida, and I got a view of redneck Florida. Okay. You know, I kind of got to see both both sides of it. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. A lot so, of fun Was there see. muck out there? Is no, no, no. No, good. no. Sugar sand. Sugar sand, very slippery okay, just stuff. Sandy. Just try riding a, a Harley okay. on that stuff, and you'll yeah. you'll just know I'm, how slippery it is. I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass. Detox Mansion just kind of didn't sell me on it. I mm. I don't think I would use that as a listing description. No? Yeah, you know, I'm just saying well, that's kind of a not a great way to sell a property. <laughs> 
but it's probably very descriptive of the experience you had. So yes, it is. And yeah. if you can all hear the music from the movie Deliverance playing in the background, that would be pretty much <laughs> Detox Mansion and. Christmas, Florida. Yeah, well, maybe David can put that in yeah. that for us yeah. later. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so but anyhow, but I'm so back, while you were gone. Batteries charged, happy to be back. Yeah, yeah. you sound happier. Yeah. So, you know, rates were kind of going through some mm. massive throws, uh, you know, yes. probably, probably needed a chiropractor. While yes. you were gone. It's, it's, so do you want to catch us up? Because last week, of course, I said, since I'm not licensed as a mortgage professional, I couldn't really talk about it other than the fact that we've been seeing them kind of marching upwards a bit. Right. Well, uh, la- last week, the, the pressure was, was uh, at the beginning of the week, was, was heading up. However, mm-hmm. on Wednesday, the Federal Reserve, their open market committee, who meets roughly every six weeks, mm-hmm increased interest rates. Yes, I so saw that. So they, they increased short-term rates, which is the federal funds rate. That uh, many times, and this this case is no exception, has a positive impact on longer-term rates, on mortgage rates. So the fact that the Fed increased on Wednesday, mm-hmm. quarter of a percent, actually caused long-term mortgage rates to rally a bit. Okay. And uh, and so we, we actually have seen the rates start to trend down uh, just a little bit. Okay. Uh, this week, and, and we're down to well, about since they've a, been up, that's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. We're so we're we're actually uh, right now at about a two week low point uh, for mortgage rates. Uh, we're off our highs. So today, the national average for a conventional uh, conforming thirty year fixed rate loan is sitting at four point five two percent. And we were okay. up over around four point six two five or so a couple weeks ago. So it's, oh wow, it's, okay, just, it's we, a, about an eighth of a percent lower. Yeah, and we were running some repeats, so we didn't even get a chance mm. to talk about that two weeks right, ago. Right, right. Okay. So, so they've they've kind of started to track down just a little bit. A fifteen year fixed rate is hovering three point nine percent. VA and FHA hovering around four point three percent. Okay, and uh, jumbo thirty year fixed rates are hovering around four point five percent. So all in all, you know, jumbo's at four point five. Yeah, around four point five. Okay, so they've been pretty stable then. Fairly stable. Okay, fairly stable. They tend to be pretty much synced up right now with a conforming conventional rate. for For a long time, they were lower, you know, than a conventional rate. And then Uh, they went up. Then they went above them. Yeah, pretty significantly. So yeah, so I'm actually happy to hear that because as we keep talking about on the show, the housing prices here. Just keep going up and up. And, of course, we're breaking records. You know, we're hitting like 660 700 as an average sale price in Seattle. I mean, not everywhere, of course. I mean, Renton is still, you know, trailing behind. And so is farther south. And, of course, Tacoma has a lot of properties in the, mm-hmm. you know, 250 to 350 range still. But when you're talking Bellevue, Seattle, uh, even Shoreline now, which has gotten so much more activity because of what's going on with ST3 coming through and mm-hmm. all of that um, – People are needing more and more of the jumbo loans. Right. Right. We yeah, have more question. and more customers needing those. And so I'm glad to see them kind of settling back yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're starting to kind of settle down a little bit. And one okay. of the things also Good. to remind uh, our listeners, uh, every year there's a, a loan limit set for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for conventional lending. That loan limit changes every year, typically on Black Friday. And it's set up based on the median sales prices for homes uh, in the area. And so this this year, uh, our uh, loan limit went up fairly significantly. So right now, you can get a conventional loan up to six hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars 
Uh, Notice and, how they missed that 666. Well, 667500, <laughs> actually. Yeah, so, so King. It just kind of just went barely yeah, over it. Sort of so some people wouldn't freak that. out. That's right. That's, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So King, <laughs> I don't want that loan. No, please, no. <laughs> that's an no, evil loan. An I can't loan. have it. Yeah, yeah. So Kings, Tahomish, and Pierce counties are up to 667000 which means that you can get a home with 5% down, and it's mm-hmm. a conventional 30-year fixed-rate loan. And, Unbelievable. Uh, fairly, fairly easy to qualify for. When you go above that 667 limit, now you're into a jumbo loan, and there's lots of additional rules, requirements, restrictions, conditions. Uh, it's a much more mm-hmm. technical type of a type of a loan program. Right. So, uh, one, uh, so 667 is sort of a magic number right now. Okay. And uh, we're, we're we're sitting at that right now for Kings, Nahomish, and Pierce counties. The outlying uh, counties uh, have uh, have lower loan limits. They're varied, right? Yes. Yeah. So you have to call and ask about those. That's right. Hey, one other thing that just uh, uh-huh. came up here over the last. Um, uh, actually, I just got a, an update um, yesterday mm-hmm. from our good friend Mike Olden at American Reporting Company. Yeah. Mike is our our buddy that helps us with credit yeah. uh, credit report information right. and what's going on in the credit bureau fronts. Um, the there is a new uh, set of rules that is being implemented. Uh, in um, April of this year. And it's kind of cool because what's happening is on your credit report, um, as of April 16th, um, civil judgments and tax liens uh, will no longer be reported on your credit report. What? So this is really helpful for some folks that might have those types of items. Wow, especially for like self-employed people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, there's still... Things that could pop up on your title policy on, right. on the property. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, but but they was, these will not be showing up on your credit report. Also, uh, parking tickets are no. no longer showing up. Well, was, that was from back in July, yeah, that right? one that one came into effect. So it kind of just a reminder of a few things. Also, medical bills. If you have a, mm-hmm. a medical collection, there's a 180-day waiting period now between the time an account is created mm-hmm. and the time it can be reported as a collection on your credit report. So basically, that gives you six months to kind of work things out with, with a medical creditor, you know, if it's a right. payment plan or a dispute or working through with your insurance. Right. You know, a lot of the times there can be some some issues that come up with you know, kind of solving medical claims. And uh, this gives a full six months to get that all sorted out. So a lot of uh, a lot of good things are happening with that. There's also been some uh, enhanced uh, dispute resolution processes, especially for someone who's been the victim of identity theft or fraud, which is rampant right now. Uh, especially with recent uh, data breaches uh, at oh, some right. of the credit bureaus. Yeah. So, um, you know, I always remind people if uh, if you haven't yet, uh, there, you know, check check your credit frequently. You can actually go on and get free credit reports. Uh, the official credit report site is annualcreditreports.com. So annualcreditreport.com. Uh, those you'll be able to pull uh, your credit information free once a year from the three major bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. What I like to do is, is and you can. At AM 1590, com. Broadcasting live from Christmas, Florida, live from Detox Mansion. It's open house with Team Reba. Oh my god! 
I love oh, our producer, boy. David Summers, so much. Thank you so much, David. For those of you that missed our first segment, we were talking about my trip oh. to Christmas, Florida. Go back and find the podcast so you Detox know what that was mansion. all about. <laughs> I thought we were going to hear him squeal like a pig. I know. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Well, yes, that, and that, that music really... Pretty much summed up Detox Mansion and yeah. Christmas See, Florida. Now, too. now you just made me even think of my family back in the Midwest because you know, speaking of like pig sounds. So one of the funniest things my dad ever did, and it was I'll I'll have to get away from my mic when I do this. But we were all driving in the car, so I'm the youngest kid out of four kids in a family, right? So six of us all piled into this Pontiac, driving down the street. I'm young enough that I'm like, what's mom's middle name? Because I didn't, you know. Everyone assumes I know everything, but I'm the youngest kid, right? So I'm like maybe four or five years old. And I'm like, what's mom's middle name? Does she have a middle name? And my dad's like, oh, that's easy. It's Myrna Sue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It was so loud in that car. Oh, my God. We all laughed our heads off after we were done being stunned by the sound. Oh, that's so scary. I never knew, I never knew he could do a pig call like that. <laughs> That is so scary. I know we're supposed to get on our topic. I'm just going to flip okay. around and show you a picture oh, from I've an appraisal. Have I shown you this show before? Show our guest. Uh, this thing is frightening. We actually uh, had so an appraiser horrible. go out to a property, and there were three large rather pigs. large hogs in hogs. the kitchen. And, uh, and a small dog hiding <laughs> in, in a, a dog crate. crate. Yeah, like, <laughs> please get me out of here, whatever I you can know. do to save me. It's like that poor actually, dog. Actually looking at it, I'm not sure if that's a dog or a raccoon. It could be one or the other. Oh, I'm not really good sure. Point. But, uh, good point. Well, not everybody uh, has the same you know, tastes in their living and their and home styles and, requirements. and all those sort of things. And, you know, <laughs> I know. There's room know. for everybody out there. So Yes, there is. Yeah, we don't, yeah. We don't Sometimes judge. there's just a room for somebody. You know? That's right. Just Absolutely. Depends. But Absolutely. anyhow, okay, so now, now that we have that out of the yeah, way. I'm, I'm ready to take a shower I, after yeah. talking about detox matches. Yeah, my eyes need a shower after looking at that picture. With some of our clean Seattle water. Yes, our delightfully clean water Seattle water. I need to world. rinse my eyes. That's yes. right. That's right. And there's a reason we're saying that, of course. But before we get to our guest, mm. did you already give the dates? We we went and looked, and we were incorrect in the end of the last I, segment. I didn't, and so we do have some first time homebuyer classes yes. coming up now. These are the official yes. first time homebuyer classes sponsored by the mm-hmm. Washington State Housing Finance Commission. And if you take this class, which is a five-hour class, but it is free and we feed you well, Mm -hmm. uh, you will be entitled to special programs, including zero down financing and and possibly other even, you know, really cool programs, you know, that we have available. Oh, no, there's lots of great programs that we get our our clients into. So our next class is going to be on Saturday, April 14th. That's going Mm -hmm. to be at the Burien Public Library. It runs from 10 to 3 p.m., and then we have a follow-up class also on May 16th. That's a Wednesday uh, from 4 to 9 p.m. And that will be in Finney Ridge, uh, neighborhood of Seattle, at the Home Street Bank branch there. Yes. So both of these classes uh, have limited space. So if you're interested in attending or if you know a first-time home buyer looking for some really, really good information on buying a home, how to finance it, how to put the offer together, things you need to know and things you need to, to, to think about, uh, you can you can email us to register at info at teamreba.com. Yes, and you will get a notification when people send an email to us. Um, usually it's Sarah Jean in our team who will 
quickly respond back. And if you haven't already given us the information that we need, because we need who all is going to be coming. So if you're coming with a partner or spouse or what have you, you need to give both names. We like to have their emails and phone numbers because just in case there's ever a situation where we need to call and cancel last minute or if there's any issues, uh, you know, we need to get that information. Yep. So just go ahead and give us names, email, phone number, and you're good to go. Yep. And yeah. then show up. We're going to fill your head with information. and Yeah. Cram pack it. Fill your gut with some food. should be fun. Yes. Yeah. Do keep in mind, though, if you have special dietary needs, yeah. we, we buy general type stuff. So if you yeah, have anything special, please yeah. please feel free to, to bring it along with you. That's right. We're not a yeah. catering company. We teach education well, it's, here. it's less about that. It's just that we're also the only group that I know of who teaches these classes That's that right. we actually uh, pay for that. Because every, everyone else who teaches these classes, um, they just say brown bag it. And it's five hours, and so we always make sure that you have water and that you yep. have food because we want you to be able to pay attention and have good blood sugar levels so that, you know, because there's a lot of information being shared, so it's really important. But, um, you know, here I say we bring bottled water, but that's just because it's not convenient to always bring a big carafe or something like that. But maybe we should start doing that and utilizing the local water. But the reason we're talking about water so much is because today our guest from the city of Seattle is Jonathan Froge. So thank you very much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you explain to our listeners uh, what it is that you actually say, what your title is, what you do with the city? Well, my title with the city is I'm a stormwater scientist, which is pretty much a, just a made-up title. I work on... Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Mine's made up, too. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I work on uh, flooding events. I work on clean water, uh, drinking water. Mm-hmm. I'm on the taste and odor panel. I'm sorry, uh, the what? taste and odor panel. So every two weeks we taste and smell the water to make sure that it's maintained. Did you say that fast? Was it taste denoder? And odor. Taste and odor. Taste and odor. So so you're like a water water sommelier. Sniff test, yes. You're like Uh, a water sommelier. You know, I do that up at William Church Winery occasionally also, but that's probably not the same thing. Yes, it's blended with a lot of grapes, what you and I do. Talk about (laughs) moving into wine and scotch. Yeah. A little single malt. Yeah. Hey, I'm down with that. um, Look at the drainage drainage issues around the city. Look at uh, water quality Mm -hmm. uh, issues along with the... uh, fisheries around here okay. kind of expanded all the way out to the uh, orca populations that we've got out in Puget Sound. Excellent. So you got a lot of stuff going wow. on because wow. that's covering quite a, a bit of territory. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting job. It's, it's Well, it's a little bit environmental. It is, you know, the science behind everything and having to watch all of that. I mean, it's it's quite a bit actually. And then because you're it, you're yeah. involved in construction. I mean, all of it, I mean, what you're proving is that Everything ties together at some right, point. Exactly. It's, right. And, and uh, you bring up the construction of, as, you know, the city is obviously going through incredible growth right now. Oh, yeah. And a lot of that growth, what we're doing is we're taking away the the permeable surface, the mm-hmm. surface where water can soak yeah. in. The natural we're, filtering. Exactly. We're replacing it with concrete. Right. So all that water runs off real quick. Uh, so you have higher volumes, it picks up the pollutants from the cars, things like right. that. Right, so were you involved at all, because um, I know there's also the Metro folks who, who handle sewage and whatnot, um, and they had a, a fairly large event, I want to say it was last fall or 
the fall before where we where the system got inundated. Right. There was a problem at the West Point treatment plant yeah. where some of their float valves were were bent and didn't operate correct, mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. And they flooded the plant. So the plant was offline for, I, I think, over a month and a half, maybe two months, yeah. um, discharging into Puget Sound. So mm-hmm. if anyone has ever felt a little personally backed up, imagine how much that meant <laughs> when it's covering this entire county and a little bit beyond that even. But, so, wow. So, okay. Jonathan, uh, and, and, and I know Seattle is known for having some of the, the finest water quality in, in really in the world. You know, it's fantastic here, and mm-hmm. even our tap water is, is delicious. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always that way. And I know during the break you were you were talking about uh, Lake Washington, for instance. Yeah. And can you kind of tell us a little, little bit of, uh, about that, a little bit of a history lesson? Well, that's what we were talking about. Uh, back in the late 1950s, they had uh, small sewage treatment plants for the uh, cities around Lake Washington. Okay. They were discharging treated effluent in, into Lake Washington. So it wasn't raw sewage, but the treated effluent carries nutrients with it as well. That level of nutrients caused algal blooms in, in Lake Washington, and then when those blooms would crash, basically all the little plants in the mm-hmm. water died. Right. It smells really bad. Mm-hmm. So the oh, yeah, because it's decomposing. Article, exactly. Ooh, mm-hmm. oh, So ugh. the newspaper articles referred yeah. to Lake Washington as Lake Stinko. Okay, now mm. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so because I know you were saying uh, before we got started that it was about pollution in there, and I was thinking from – other kinds of sources and things like that, but yeah, dying off plants those get foul. <laughs> yeah, we were we were dumping nutrients into the lake, right? Kind of like fertilizing your garden, right? Yeah, exactly, right, right. exactly. It's not like there's plankton or something out there in the lake that are eating well, up and then, all that and, stuff. And when that situation happens, I have a, a lot of experience with hood canal that mm-hmm. will get uh, you know suffer from low oxygen levels, and if there's big blooms, you know of you know from Again, nutrients rolling in the water when those when when those blooms die, they suck up all the oxygen, I believe, and then you can lead to fish kills as, exactly, as well. Yeah. Right. In fact, that was actually I loved the email that we got with some of the summary of potential topics and one of those. What was it we had? It was it was um, sounded so horribly wonderful. Salmon pre spawn mortality. Is that what kind of what you're talking about? Mm, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but that, that's not it's not wonderful. Well, no, no, I, no, I, I, I'm hardly. saying no, that facetiously. Yeah, no and, pun and intended. I just realized what we're talking <laughs> about there is that the you know the salmon that you know. Now back to open house with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Ostinus from Home Street Bank. We're chuckling because we have a new uh, announcer on the bumpers. <laughs> and man, he's, he's intense. Wow. Holy cow. I can't stay serious every Next, time I hear it. We're talking with <laughs> Jonathan House with Team Reba. <laughs> from the city of Seattle. So... Jonathan, <laughs> so Jonathan, you are our stormwater specialist with the City of Seattle. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Seattle native. I grew up here, born at Northgate Hospital, which isn't even there anymore. No, nope. but um, I remember growing up watching a neighbor who shall go unnamed changing the oil in his car and pouring the old oil Dumping in the, the ditch. Uh. And, and I also remember in North Seattle seeing Little Thornton Creek catch on fire. You know, because a gas station had a, a fuel tank leak that had just gone 
for you know probably a decade or something like that until it finally just hit critical mass and and exploded. You know, uh, boy, we've come a long way. You know, since since then. And if we look at the well, quality we of we we hope so 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 tell us uh, about that. I mean, one of the big issues um, you know with with any city is stormwater and, and managing that. And I noticed like our stormwater grids, we got the little salmon you know painted on the you know on the pavement in front of it as a reminder. Hey, this water is going you know straight out into Puget Sound, so be careful what you put down it. So, what are some programs that you do to kind of help with all of that? Well, you you bring up Thornton Creek, and 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 you're right. We have made progress, so we we're not dealing with uh, huge eutrophication problems, no, huge blooms of algae where the lake is bright green all the time mm-hmm. every year, the fish kills and stuff. We have periodic blooms, but it's mm-hmm. not as egregious as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned Thornton Creek. Uh, we're what we're looking at now is. Um, the infrastructure, the side sewers and the collector sewers, because of the age of the development out there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of the pipes are kind of reaching design age at the same time. So they're right. they're starting to leak. Yeah. What, so, okay, design age, what is that? That's, you know, if you build something, it's like if you buy a car, you think it's going to last maybe 10 years. Right. Then you'll have to get a new car. Right. So these pipes have either, you know, 50, 100-year design life to them. And a lot and of that's the development. a fairly broad kind of range. <laughs> yeah, and you can't you can't be exact, about right? It, but okay. it's where you're going to expect to see failures, right? In those uh, pipes, okay, coming more frequently, right? Okay, I, the reason, uh, Jonathan, that I I kind of react to that right away. Um, we have been recommending sewer scopes for our clients for quite a while, and oddly enough, just in this you know, few months that we have into 2018. Uh, I'd seen this a few times over the last uh, probably seven to 10 years that we've been doing these where uh, a side sewer from one of my client's properties, as it connects to the city sewer, there's signs that the sewer line from the city side is starting to go a little bit, right? And it's like where that connection is of those two, like maybe there's a little bit of a crack on their side and then there's some crack on the city side. And we always recommend to our clients, keep this video and then make sure that you do this every few years and keep an eye on that. Because depending on like where you live, I know like one of them lives on Magnolia and there's a bus route that goes right in front of their house. So there's intense, you know, heavy pressure of traffic every day in front of their place. And if that goes, it's more likely probably to go on the city side, but not necessarily. If it happens on their side, then they're going to be responsible. But if it's if it's that connection, there's always the chance that the city might also have some responsibility. So we always say, make sure you're still doing this every couple of years because the 250 bucks you're going to spend on that scope is probably worth it once this thing goes or you catch it before it really goes and get someone to do something about it because those repairs are very expensive yeah they're incredibly expensive yeah and so if if we get to like end of life of some of these things i mean the amount of projects i'm imagining that would have to happen around the city would be enormous right and that and when you're i think you're giving excellent advice on the side sewers too and around here the property owner (laughs) The property owners own that side sewer up to the first joint, and then the city owns past that joint to the mm-hmm. collector pipes. And if it breaks on your side of the pipe, mm-hmm. you're on the hook for fifteen, twenty thousand oh, dollars at least. 
And yeah, uh, you know, and and, that, and nowadays, as I understand it, if it's out in the street, the city of Seattle requires a twelve by twelve concrete pad to be done. Right, and then right? your your prices are going through the ceiling on that one. Right, so it gets it gets very expensive. So you know, stormwater and sewer and all these other things. I'm I'm super interested in stuff. I mean, I've been a total geek for I can't even tell you how long like I was one of the first people doing the rain barrels like I remember when the city of Seattle first came out with those and I was one of those people who snagged them and they like ran out of them right away (laughs) but you know and and I know we were talking about this on the break but and I can't wait to get to this but even doing rain gardens and things like that because for some reason like I've just always been very attuned to all these things so I'm excited we have you on the air with us today because this is stuff that oddly enough as kind of uh, pedantic as some people might think it might be i'm like i love it <laughs> well it, it affects it affects a lot of homeowners in in our yeah, area as well so uh, it so, affects everything around and, us right right so so what about that with 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 uh existing homeowners you know we have to worry about our our, our sewer or side sewer you know broken pipes and things mm-hmm. like that you know sometimes though there are, there are no telltale signs that there's a problem until it ends up in our basement or whatever right that's the most common telltale sign and it's Mm -hmm. pretty obvious when right the sewage is backing up in your basement yeah which is pretty gross um but we have a lot of uh houses along ravines and the creeks are down down in the ravines Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they could have uh broken leaking side sewers and not know about it because it's not going to back up it's it's leaking down into our surface gravity's taking care of it so we we really wanted to get that taken care of because they run downhill downstream you know and discharge frequently next to our public swimming beaches and we don't want to have sewage right going into where we're or anything else i mean that's why you have no dumping signs all the time and things of that sort too because i I could tell you i had a, a client years ago not they were just past where the city of Seattle was. They were in an unincorporated area of King County. But to your point, they were on a ravine. Had a beautiful view out over this ravine, and there was a King County Park down below and then a, a creek that ran through. And we're cleaning this house out, right? And he's hired a guy to come do haul-away, which is supposed to go to, like, one of our local dumps where things can be handled appropriately and if there's any toxic chemicals or things like that. And I'm in the house with the homeowner, and we walk outside, and all of a sudden, my client's screaming and yelling. I'm like, what in the world's going on back there? And he goes back, and he'd caught the Holloway guy chucking stuff over the backside of the lot down into the ravine. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? he didn't want to have to pay the fees, I guess. Like, that was his way of saving money. Right, right. But the ensuing argument, I was like, do I need to call the cops? <laughs> It was a very uncomfortable moment. But, I mean, I thought I thought about that. It was like, you know, people often will do that. They'll just chuck things back into some place. And, and to your point, like, we're, all you're doing is you're shipping it downstream. I mean, I saw it in Panama when I went down there a year and a half ago. People just throw it somewhere where as long as I don't see it, it's like it doesn't exist. Well, I think even, even people that don't have that intent, mm-hmm. sometimes we're doing it. Uh, prescription drugs are a good example where oh, yeah. a lot of people will – Put them down the toilet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what we're seeing is that you can find those drugs out in Puget Sound. They, yeah, they and they have impacts of feminization of fish. So the yeah. the male fish no longer produce sperm, and they 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 have female characteristics. So wow. you you want to dispose of that properly, and a lot of times that's an education thing. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. that. 
people are trying to pollute the sound. They, 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 no, they're just unaware. Yeah, and they they know they want to get rid of these drugs, but um, but okay. So if memory serves and maybe you know the proper, I mean, is there what is the proper way? Yeah, I think to a, get rid of a lot of the drug drug uh, stores will take uh, unused. Yeah, the pharmacies. Well, will pharmacies will take, them take back, the right? drugs back, and that's the best yeah. way. Um, and then I, I know that a couple of the solid waste sites will take unused drugs. But then there's uh, there's a bunch of legal issues around ha- having 55-gallon drums full of Xantex and right. you know, mm. combinations of all these other drugs. Right. Right. But you don't want them in the water because they're not taken out in the, in the uh, sewage treatment plant, and they have okay. significant And then they impact. still dissolve. I mean, they're in something else, so they're going to dissolve and that is my no next doubt. question, actually. That's interesting. How, how effective is our, our sewage treatment systems? And is the city of Seattle is hooked up to Brightwater, right? Or are we not? No, we're not hooked up to Brightwater. Brightwater's okay. up in... Uh, That's in Snohomish. Yeah, yeah it's, it's up... Right. Up, you know, well, call it um, Woodenville, I guess. It's up yeah. in Woodenville, and, yeah. and it's taken a lot of that that flow. But it's okay. the whole system's connected. It's so Seattle. <laughs> Sorry. So many fun ways you could say this. Sorry. So we, we, Seattle is basically West Point and then the okay. uh, treatment plant down on the Duwamish mm-hmm. River. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So West Point, which is Magnolia. Right. And um, okay. And then the, the Green River or but Duwamish River. Yeah, yeah. Wherever your sewage is going, mm-hmm. it is, it's eventually being discharged into Puget Sound. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. right. And, and how effective are, are, are those systems? We've got we've got very effective systems. Brightwater is one of the most highly uh, designed plants that we have. It's also mm-hmm. one of the more expensive to run, but it's it's the newest one around. Right. We've well, got secondary we treatment that. here, so it takes out a lot of the solids, a lot of the nutrients, and that mm-hmm. brings out a lot of the heavy metals as well. Okay. Um, City of Van.
Prices are greater than one percent. We're seeing a rally in each of the American market sectors on the dollar yen. Futures on the Nikkei declined in the cash market for gas prices two months ago. It's just a little bit too high for the hour. Right now, the Sydney ASX 200 weaker by about seven tenths of one percent. Now we've got positive developments happening on the North Korea situation. On the war against the dollar during the next recession, it's actually up about six tenths of one percent. It is fair. The dollar is tougher.